after the hour. This is the Around the House program. Nice to have you with us here on this chilly, shall we say chilly? Is that a little easy way to ease ourselves into it, Chris? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like it's going to be chilly. Uh, right. Chilly. Oh, we'll get to frigid here in a couple minutes. We'll just want to ease ourselves into it. Anyway, we're glad you're with us here on the program. Good afternoon. This is the Around the House show. Be here a couple hours talking about that special place that you and I call home. I'm Ken Moon, and we're glad you're with us in our 31st year here doing this Around the House program on Saturday. And of course, we're going to talk today about this, our first cold snap of the year. We'll spend some time talking about that and how to cope around your house. Of course, you know we've talked about those tips over the years, and we can um, kick that around. Whatever you'd like, we've been looking up temperatures around the region. Uh, minus one up in Cheyenne, you said, right? And Casper, minus six. And... Um, uh, not surprising, my son in uh, south of Sioux City, tomorrow their high is going to be minus 10 on Sunday. So he's been staying home from me. He has a store up in Sioux City. He isn't going to work, just sitting around there with his dog and doing work from from home because they had a little bit of a blizzard there. That's just Iowa in the wintertime. What are you going to do? You have a, a relatives in Nebraska, right, Chris? And same idea. Yeah, right? it's seven below there. So yeah, there you Lincoln, go. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, usually this is a once a year spell right we get uh, but either january or february so we'll get through this like we always do it's going to be 40 ish up to mid 40s on wednesday so we'll be okay anyway here's um uh, uh why we live children uh, this is the head, header of the email from my a friend uh, don who is a frequent contributor to the program why we love children you remember you don't remember chris the art link letter show do you remember that at all? It was uh, I've, I've seen clips, seen snippets of it, and stuff. You know, black and white daytime show. Art Linklater was a real charming guy, and he had "Kids Say the Darndest Thing" segment on the program, which is really very charming and engaging and and funny. Actually, here's some some a continuation of that. Why we love children. I was driving with my three young children one warm summer evening when a woman in the convertible ahead of us stood up, and she was topless. She was. Uh, I couldn't believe it. She was. I, I did a double take as I was reeling from the shock. I heard my five-year-old shout from the back seat, "Mommy, that lady isn't wearing a seatbelt." Huh? See, first things first, right? On the first day of school, a first grader handed his teacher a note from his mother. The note read, "The opinions expressed by this child are not necessarily those of his parents." Uh, I like that. A little boy got lost at the YMCA and found himself in the women's locker room. When he was spotted, the room burst into shrieks with ladies grabbing towels and running for cover. The little boy watched in amazement and then asked, what's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a little boy before? Good, yeah, good question. While taking a routine vandalism report in an elementary school, I was interrupted by a little girl about six years old. Looking up and down my police uniform, she asked, are you a, a cop? Yes, I answered and continued writing the report. My mother said, if I ever needed help, I should ask the police. Is that right? Yeah, I, yeah that's right. I, I, that's what I told her. Your mother was right. Well, then, she said, would you please tie my shoe for me? <laughs> I like that. At the end of the day, when I was parked in my police van in front of the station, as I gathered my equipment, my canine partner, Jake, was barking, and I saw a little boy staring in at me. Is that a dog you got back there, he said? It sure is, I replied. Puzzled, the boy looked at me and then towards the back of the van. Finally, he said, well, what did he do? That's a, not logic. There you go. 
Uh, let's see here. We got, uh, da, 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 da. oh, yeah, uh, a couple more of these. A little girl was watching her parents dress for a party. When she saw her dad donning his tuxedo, she warned, Daddy, you shouldn't wear that suit. And why not, sweetie? Why shouldn't I? You'll know that it always gives you a headache the next morning. <laughs> a little girl had just finished her first week at school. I'm just wasting my time, she said to her mother. I can't read. I can't write. And they won't let me talk. Huh? Makes sense. Um, oh, this one is probably the, be- the best of all. While working for an organization that delivers lunches to elderly shut-ins, I used to take my four-year-old daughter on my afternoon rounds. She was unfailingly intrigued by the various appliances of old age like canes, walkers, and wheelchairs. One day I found her staring at a pair of false teeth soaking in a glass. As I braced myself for the inevitable barrage of questions, she merely turned and whispered, the tooth fairy will never believe this one. I like that a lot. So I thought you might enjoy those. Kids say the darndest thing. I think that was the title of uh, Linkletter's segment on his program. That was um, daytime black and white TV. Kind of a, I don't know if you remember Arthur Godfrey, Chris. Um, was another daytime guy that was pretty famous and had a, had a, a really good show that was fun to watch. I got a um, tip here for you that uh, a listener named Gary up in Wyoming We've been going back and forth about he's got leaky toilets in his house, and and uh, I've been talking to him about wax rings and how to reset the toilets and and, and that kind of thing. Wax rings, which are the, the 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 yellow, they're usually yellow, and they're underneath the toilet, and it makes a seal between the the flange, which is the piping down to the sewer, and the base of the toilet. You have to have a little bit of a Oh, like it's almost like caulking, but it's a wax ring that you squish down with the toy. You've seen those before. And so we were talking about what the best kind. And he found, and I hadn't seen this before, but I wanted to pass this along to you. This is called Better Than Wax. And it's, it's the reason it caught my eye uh, is it's the Fluid Master brand. And Fluid Master has been a brand I've been a fan of for many years. They make toilet repair parts that are. Second to none, in my opinion, because they're so homeowner friendly and easy to understand the the instructions, and they're just a breeze for for us homeowners to repair toilets. And this better than wax is a plastic. It's hard to describe on the radio, but I'll try. A, a, it's a plastic ring that has a big, thick rubber gasket under it, and so you just put the plastic ring and the gasket down. Over the opening for the, you know that goes out as I say it goes out to the sewer, and the toilet as you bolt the toilet down it'll squish that rubber ring, like it's like a big O ring only it's thicker than an O ring, so it's 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 kind of a wax ring but it really is rubber, which I assume will last a lot longer than wax won't dry out like like a regular wax ring was. So look at this, if you have toilet issues like leaks and so on. Better Than Wax is the trade name on the box from the Fluid Master people. I like this a lot. looks really, I haven't, of course, used one, but it looks pretty foolproof, and it was very, very highly rated on Amazon. It's like nine, a little over nine bucks, so it's not, you're not going to have a big investment in that, but the wax rings are sticky, a little difficult to handle because they're, you know, they, you, you get it all over your hands and so on, but this Better Than Wax Fluid Master brand. I wanted to pass that along to you because it's um, 
a little bit of a revolution. We've had wax rings with us for, I don't know how long, uh, decades, maybe 100 years or so. And so this is a good substitute for those. So I thought you'd like to, to know that. I've got a, a bunch of things on dishwashers, furnaces, global warming, climate change, all this stuff. It was just a hit with a whole barrage this week of of articles on climate change. And what the most interesting one to me is how low the American voter slash public thinks climate change is on their uh, wish list or what they're concerned about when it comes to voting and what their biggest concerns are when it comes to our government, how low climate change came in. I think you'll get a kick out of that. If you listen to a lot of the media, you'd think it was the number one priority, but it ain't. And we'll talk about that and a bunch of other things after uh, after this break. 719-473-1240 is our call-in phone line if you'd like to check in with us. And we'll be right back right here on Around the House. Well, I talked to Brian this week over at Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, and they're going to continue this sale, which is good news for us consumers. Wayne Dalton garage doors, insulated doors for 150 off a double, 75 off a single when you mention around the house. And more good news, unlike a lot of folks, a lot of dealers, they have lots of doors in stock. As a matter of fact, I've been to their warehouse down there on Murray Boulevard, and they have some great-looking doors. Garage doors don't have to be boring. Wood grain impression plank doors in contemporary and traditional styles are available from the Wayne Dalton Sales and Service people. 1847 South Murray is their showroom right off the fountain or call 719-382-9227. They're also a gold dealer for genie openers, but don't wait on this sale. It's a limited time only 155 off a 150 off a double, 75 off a single with the Wayne Dalton Sales and Service people and uh, you, you'll gain some energy efficiency with a new Wayne Dalton door. So give them a call 719 719- 3829227 From your faucet to your furnace and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Well, we knew it was going to come sooner or later our first kind of cold snap of the of the winter season and there's not a lot. I mean, I'm sure you've prepared for this. I've uh, got your uh, a crawl space uh, vents blocked off all but one or so is a good idea attic vents some people block off one or two attic vents we talked about that last week not really necessary uh, one thing that one little uh, trick that especially if you're going to go away we need we haven't talked about snowbirds yet this season but opening a cabinet door if you have a sink on an exterior wall like a kitchen sink bathroom sinks uh, and when you go to bed at night, open that cabinet door because you've turned your, your furnace, you'll turn down, you know, whether it's automatic or you do it by hand, it'll be colder in the house at night. And that cold air can see, especially in an older home, cold air is like uh, a heavy fluid. It can seep into uh, spaces uh, in the wall that you're maybe you don't, don't have enough insulation. You're not aware of that necessarily. So opening cabinet doors keeps just a little warm room air kind of getting up in those cabinets, which will prevent any uh, any freeze-ups. And, you know, I haven't talked about this for a while, but one of my favorite recommendations, and I've done this at my house, and I would encourage you uh, at yours, if you've got a – most people have at least two outside faucets, the hose spigots we use. And if you have a finished basement, what happens is the pipe that feeds that outside faucet is kind of trapped in a in – a, 
dead air space above the ceiling of the basement and that dead air space can fill up with cold air and a lot of times that's why those faucets will freeze so it's a good idea to let some warm room air up there also if you can uh, this is pretty easy for a, a just a regular homeowner to do i've done this myself so if i can do it anybody can do it you simply cut a little hole in the drywall ceiling right below the pipe that goes to that outside faucet and put a grill over it like a, you know one of those like a white uh, return air grill kind of thing uh, which will match the ceiling it'll just look like a eh, like a heat vent kind of idea but that lets a little warm room air up into that dead air space and so you'll never have any kind of freeze up i've seen you know people especially on the north side of the house <clears throat> what happens is uh if that and this can happen over the years especially if you have a brick uh, veneer on the outside of your house that faucet where it comes out of the side of the house i'm looking at it from the outdoors now that can loosen up and kind of wiggle in the, the hole where the pipe comes through uh can be exposed and you, you know you tug on it when you put the hose on to the hose off and fiddle with it and so on and so that faucet and the pipe behind it can loosen up and expose that uh the hole where the pipe comes through the wall uh, to cold air getting blowing in there especially on the north side if you're going to have a freeze up of a hose faucet or a hose spigot it's going to be on the north side of the house so if you go behind this and cut that hole in the ceiling put a grill in there that really can help it, it really let just enough warm room air up in there it'll never uh, freeze up so that'd be a good thing to do especially on a weekend like this 719-473-1240 is our uh, contact line if you'd like to check in with us uh and uh you know the storm window i'm sure you got your storm doors and storm windows all in place uh the garage door of course um is i hope you have an insulated wayne dalton garage door if you've got an old wood uh door you know we used to use those just single layer of of plywood kind of masonite type garage doors in the 70s and 80s those are really energy wasters and so you can really help your natural gas bill at your house by getting a new insulated garage door uh were you going to say something no i was just going when we were talking about um insulation inside the house and uh the windows the storm windows and stuff like that what if you've got some uh windows that aren't totally covered with the, the storm strength of cold weather and stuff like that what would be some type of solutions to help put some extra layers of to cool, uh, cut down on the uh, cold winds Wind, coming through the windows? Window coverings are a big deal. Yeah, they really are. And I, I, you know, heavy insulated drapes, of course, or goes without saying that will work nicely. Cellular shades, you know, they, they have the, the, they're kind of an airspace in the middle of them. The, the accordion type cellular shades um, are really are really good. And of course. Uh, when it's like this outside, I I don't open my blinds and screens. I have a big uh, blind that goes over my patio door. I leave it closed when it's like this. Just gives you an extra layer, as you say, Chris, of of air. That's you know, insulation is nothing but trapped air. And if you can make another air dead air space between the glass and the blind, that that does help save energy. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Um, so um, drapes insulated cellular shades are good insulated uh, blinds uh, work very very well window coverings are a big part of that of course we assume by now everybody's got double pane windows 
maybe I shouldn't make that assumption, but we've um, it's it's hard to believe when I started in the building business back in the 70s, it was very common to use aluminum single-pane windows because energy was so cheap in those days that it was sort of an afterthought. And what really got, you know, like a like a mule with a two-by-four between the eyes, what got the world was that OPEC oil uh, boycott in the Middle East. It's always the Middle East. It's always something going on there, isn't it? Anyway, so that really got our attention because all of a sudden energy was priced more like it should have been priced years before that. So we started insulating and sealing up houses. But when I first got in the building business, insulation was an afterthought. We would put oh, a couple inches in the wall cavities and maybe four or five inches in the attics. And we just, the single pane windows, nobody gave it a thought. And those windows were awful because they were so cold, the aluminum frames plus a single pane of glass, they would frost up all the time. And the frost would melt when it got warm and the rundown and the drywall would deteriorate. We even used, in those days, marble, kind of fake marble windowsills because they were indestructible. And we thought that was a good idea, but it would conduct uh, the heat out of the house and so on. So uh, we're, we take a much more serious approach to energy saving uh, now, don't we, than we did in those days for sure. But it was a real wake-up call, though, that oil... Uh, the oil shock in 1973, boy, that got our got our attention. 719-473-1240. Here's a piece. Uh, Steve Moore has a uh, a website, a blog called Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Steve Moore is a well-respected uh, economist. He's been on TV all over the place. He's been around for years. And the, a little piece on his blog this week was, how much are Americans willing to pay to combat climate change? Now, that's a good question. Uh, here's the, It's a real short article. I'll read this. No matter how many times the climate change industrial complex howls dire warnings of a calamity that will destroy the planet, voters aren't buying the doom and gloom. A new American Energy Alliance poll of battleground states found just 3% of respondents identified climate change as the most pressing issue facing the U.S. Just 3% compared to the 59% that identified the economy as either the first or second most important issue facing facing the United States. What's amazing is when voters were asked how much they'd be willing to pay out of their own pocketbook to fight climate change, the median amount, that's the middle, you know, the middle of the survey, was 10 bucks. That's less than a Big Mac in most places. The issue is still highly polarizing. While some voters said they were willing to pay whatever it takes, to take action on climate change, one-third of voters said they didn't want to pay a single penny. The survey also found that voters are overwhelmingly against a federal energy tax, which would hit consumers hard. Survey results show that in these tough times, Americans care more about their wallets, inflation, affordable, reliable energy. And we can think about that this this weekend. Imagine if we didn't have reliable natural gas. Holy cow. Now, we don't. Uh, the, apparently, the voters don't care about the radical green agenda the government's trying to shove down our throats. So. So th- only 3% thought climate change was a big deal. And the median response was, I'll pay $10 for, cl- I don't know what you'd spend $10 on. It was all over the map, though. If you did the the, the survey results, that median was $10. Uh, but the high of, uh, among Democrats, $633. The low of Republicans, $134 uh, for to combat climate change. But I've got a piece, and I won't do this right now, about 
Uh, the cost of furnaces, air conditioners, stoves, dryers, dishwashers uh, to combat climate change. You're going to have to spend a lot more than that if the government has their way to green up our appliances, uh, which is just going to you know, just cost more money. We all know that. Any uh, solution you hear about in the media to combat climate change always involves A, less freedom for us to pick and choose what we want to do, and B, more tax money. And the beat goes on, as they say. So we've got a thing about dishwashers, some good news about dishwashers, uh, at least for now, being a little more you're a little more free to choose what kind of dishwasher you really want. And I'll do that later. 719-473-1240 is our contact line and live email today at aroundthehouse.com. We'll be right back. How's your plumbing situation at your house? You know, this exposes the plumbing weaknesses at our house. It's cold weather. If you have any kind of leak issues or anything, I want you to call Three Amigos Plumbing, a fun name for a really professional plumbing company, veteran-owned, local folks, great reputation. Uh, they will give you a free estimate. No hidden fees, no sticker shock when you get the bill from Three Amigos Plumbing because they want you as a long-term customer. So uh, whatever you have in the way of plumbing, this is a, these are folks you need to check out. A reliable local plumbing company. You don't have to be scared of hitting the bill with Three Amigos. They carry the Bradford White and Ream water heaters, my favorites. And they specialize, one of their subspecialties is sewer lines. They'll give you a free camera look at your older sewer line if you have them clean it out. So give them a call for any plumbing issue, big or small, reliable local company. You don't have to worry when you get your bill with Three Amigos Plumbing. Veteran-owned, local folks, 719-597-6763 for Three Amigos Plumbing. From your roof to your foundation and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. 25 minutes before the hour on the Around the House program, a shout-out to our friends up in Casper. KTWO carries the program, 50,000-watt blowtorch up there in Wyoming. We're glad uh, you're with us. Uh, Chris, I, I, I just remembered this. I wanted to uh, tell you in the audience uh, something I saw last night. I, I'm a kind of a. I kind of follow the moon and its uh, phases and rising and setting of the moon. Not because of my last name, just in general. The moon is a very interesting celestial body. It affects us in so many, so many ways. Last night was my kind of my favorite time of the moon calendar, and I'll tell you, it's it's the new moon was Thursday. Okay, yesterday Friday. And the new moon was the moon was uh, you know in its second day after the I mean the moon was the second day after the new moon, and every month on that second day there's a little crescent that hangs over the mountains. Have you seen that, Chris? It's twilight behind it, and that beautiful little silvery crescent moon is hanging over the mountains. That's just a beautiful sight, and I just kind of stare at it and watch it slowly descend uh, to the west. But, you know, everybody love the full moon, of course, when, especially when it's a super moon, when it's really close, uh, when it's really brilliant. It's great. It lights up the landscape, especially if there's snow outside. It makes the world brilliant at night, the full moon. Everybody loves the full moon. But that crescent moon is always the second day. At the new moon is, you know, is a given day. And the next day after that, that crescent moon hanging over the, uh, the mountains is such a beautiful – because twilight's behind it. Now, today, it's another uh, hour plus 
uh, later rising, so you won't get that effect today. But it's always that second day right after the new moon that I really wanted to share that with you. Uh, you've, I'm sure you've seen it, but I wait for that every month. It's just a beautiful sight. Uh, Mother Nature and God's world, it's kind of, kind of a neat thing when you look for stuff like that. So take a look next month. You can maybe, what day's the new moon in February, Chris? You could look that up for me, and uh, we can tell everybody that. But I just love that view of that silvery, beautiful crescent moon hanging over the horizon at twilight. 719-473-1240 is our uh, phone number. Um, let's see here. What do we got? February 9th. February 9th, new moon. So February 10th is a, you want to look for that, uh, at twilight. Yeah, that's, that's such a neat sight. Uh, let's see here. Dan says, I put a new humidifier in this winter. Doesn't seem to be doing much good. Am I expecting too much? Well, maybe, I don't know. Humidifiers in our climate have to work really hard to get the humidity level in the house, uh, much more than about 35%. Mine, uh, I, I looked uh, actually, I looked yesterday, and the furnace, of course, has been running uh, pretty much nonstop, and it was 30%. Uh, our our outside humidity here is so low uh, that simply opening the door to the garage or the front door can uh, can undo several hours of your humidifier's efforts. Uh, but let's let's take a, Dan a quick look at your situation, how how the humidifier you know it went in the house how it was installed make sure it's plumbed into the hot water line oh this is a common mistake i see many humidifiers plumbed into the cold water feed because this happens to be the closest water pipe uh, and that's a mistake hot water evaporates more quickly than cold water so double check you can go down there and trace with your fingers where the hot pipe comes out of the water heater make sure that little quarter inch copper pipe that feeds the humidifier is on a hot water pipe that's a big deal and the other thing is remember your humidifier only runs when the furnace blower is running so uh, there's a couple of options here you can turn the furnace blower on to the always on setting Uh, you'll have on your thermostat a little auto or on for your blower and if you want to run it 24 7 to get humidity uh, in in the house that's great It'll raise the humidity in relative humidity, maybe to 35 or even 40%. Uh, percent. But there's another way. If you're shopping for a humidifier, the one I have is the April Air Model 600, which has a little computer in it that takes charge of the furnace blower. So you never have to worry about it. When the humidity is low, then that com- the humidifier control will turn the blower on regardless of whether the furnace is calling for heat or not. That's not the point. Um, the humidifier will and the blower will be working together to raise the humidity in the house to whatever you set it at. So look for that. And I believe that's the current one, uh, the April Air Model 600 with a built-in blower control. You, you can find that online. That's the one I have. It's really a, a good humidifier. So, Dan, I don't know. Um, if, if the humidifier at your house is plumbed into the hot water piping, it's probably working as hard as it can work. But uh, remember to turn that blower on if you want a little extra humidity in the house. But even the 30% um, or so that I have in my house is better than nothing because without the humidifier, I'm sure my humidity level will be would be a lot lower in the house because the ambient humidity outside when it's really cold like this can be really low. It can be down you know, in the teens or even below because it just – 
it's just we're just living a dry climate. So humidity, um, uh, it, you know, we, we want a little higher humidity in the house uh, for lots of reasons. Uh, for you, your, your respiratory system, your skin is better with the higher humidity. Um, a, a, the uh, furniture and the woodwork in your house, hardwood floors appreciate a little higher humidity. So there's a, it's a good idea to get a humidifier at your house. Uh, there are also hum- humidifiers uh, called steam humidifiers that actually uh, in- inject humidity directly into the airstream. They're a little more expensive, uh, and uh, you can check those out also. Some people swear by them that you just get more humidity, uh, more bang for your buck, if you will, with a, a steam humidifier, but you can check that out. I do like the April Air because it, it's self-cleaning, has no moving parts, and just trouble-free, so... Check that out. Look for that Model 600 with the blower control built in, and I think you'll like that. 719-473-1240 is our, <clears throat> is our uh, phone number. Uh, here's a, uh, a, a little piece from Steve Moore's uh, website, again, that came in this week. Free the dishwashers. Federal court ruling good news. <laughs> this is great. It's too bad we have to worry about and spend our time on crap like this, but... A federal court has yet again blown a whistle on the Biden administration's illegal attempts to invade your kitchen. Figuratively speaking, for now at least, and they, of course, they want to ban uh, household appliances that they don't like. A twenty-five. Can you believe it would take twenty-five pages? A twenty-five-page opinion from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals held that the Trump administration correctly issued a rule allowing consumers to choose between. Uh, styles of dishwashers that they really, really wanted. Who would, have, who would have thought that that would be a thing that you'd have to have a court ruling to be able to choose the kind of dishwasher that you uh, that you would want? So, um, the the uh, basically um, dishwashers under the new rules, uh, people are complaining about them because they take up to two and a half hours to operate. But use less water and the, than those that do the job in an hour. My dishwasher typically is less than less than one hour, but two and a half hours uh, because of energy savings and green the green agenda. So the good news is the courts are 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 stepping in here, or at least in this dishwasher example. Who knows how long this will last? The court was scathing. In its indictment of the Biden Green Police, the court noted that many Americans using green dishwashers have complained they don't work very well. It found the Biden rule makes Americans use more energy and more water for the simple reason that energy-efficient appliances, in quotes, don't work. So Americans who want clean dishes or clothes may use more energy and more water to pre-clean, re-clean, or hand-wash their stuff before, after, or in lieu of the regulated uh, dishwashers. The, the administration's already under fire for efforts to limit gas stoves. We covered that about a year ago. Lawn blowers, now you, can, you can't get lawn uh, blowers in California that aren't electric. Uh, they've gone over after light bulbs, ceiling fans, gas stoves, dishwashers, water heaters, gas furnaces. I've got a piece on gas furnaces later uh, that you better run out and get a new furnace, it looks like. Um, because uh, it's going to cost you a lot more to get a, get a new furnace with the energy-efficient standards that are being promulgated by the government. 
We hope that this is Steve Moore's website. We hope the Fifth Circuit decision will mean the Department of Energy's new absurd energy efficiency measures set to take effect in 2027 will get scrubbed also. It isn't just Democrats who are to blame this move to make mandatory. These crazy efficiency standards started as a result of the god-awful energy bill of 07 signed into law by President George W. Bush, which gave us the CFL light bulbs. Aren't we all glad that we had CFL light bulbs? Oh, it's just it's just endless, isn't it? None of this will make the slightest difference in uh, changing the climate, but makes a big difference in your wallet, right, in your pocketbook. 719-473-1240. So good news on the dishwasher front. We'll talk about furnaces later. You better run out and get one before the new rules kick in. We'll be right back. Well, you're aware of energy wasting, energy standards, energy efficiency when it's cold like this. If you've got ugly old windows, wood, steel, or aluminum windows, man, you're wasting a lot of energy. Get some new vinyl efficient, energy efficient vinyl windows, rather, from Dutch's Home Improvement. They've been around over 30 years. I know you've seen Dutch's name around town. Fully licensed and insured, of course. They're your local home improvement contractor. Windows, siding, patio covers, doors, whatever. To get your house more energy efficient, you got to call Dutch's. Not only will your house be more energy efficient summer and winter, but it'll look younger than its actual age. They carry the best brands, have the best installers at Dutch's, and the best pricing. So give them a call, 719-392-1369. Energy-efficient windows are just what you need. There's a lot of winter left. And, of course, in the summer, you your AC, you'll save money with brand-new windows from Dutchess Home Improvement. Give them a call, 719-392-1369 for Dutchess. Need help with your next home project? Back to Around the House with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. Ten minutes before the hour on the Around the House program. Nice to have you uh, with us here on the show. Give us a call, 719-473-1240. We said many times, no stupid questions on Around the House. We learn from callers and hopefully vice versa, so... Give us a holler. Whatever's on your mind, we'd be glad to kick things around a little bit. How's that furnace of yours behaving? Have you changed your furnace filter? Good question. It's working overtime now, and it's this cold, and so you want to double-check that uh, you put a new furnace filter in there at least once a month uh, for sure. Chris was uh, wanted to talk about a little bit, ask me about electric heaters. Um, there, I don't know if they're as common, Chris, as they used to be. They used to... Uh, used to a lot, a lot of the oil-filled ones you see at Home Depot and places like that, or the little tiny uh, cube ceramic heaters, uh, were very, very common. And there used to be house fires because of them. Most, I think, are required by law now to have an anti-tip mechanism inside, where they tip over, they shut themselves off. But the, you know, and I know people, particularly in tri levels, where you have a uh, like a, a a garden level family room where you spend all your time the kitchen level and the bedroom level, the heat tends to run upstairs, of course, because heat is uh, heat is uh, lighter um, and, and wants to find the highest part in the house. So people would supplement a lot those electric heaters. It was very, very common. The problem is that, as we've talked so many times, this is why this electric uh, transition to all electric houses is so stupid, because a BTU for BTU electricity is about four, four and a half times more than natural gas. So when you run an electric heater uh, in your family room when you're watching TV at night, it's costing you a lot of money. It's better. Uh, it's Well, I, don't, I can't say better, but it, 
it's it's more energy efficient to try to use some kind of a gas appliance. So if you spend a lot of time in that one room, uh, if you have a fireplace, a wood-burning fireplace down there, uh, a gas insert is a great investment. Because when you're using natural gas, it's like a little mini furnace. It's a good investment. Also, to turn your the blower on your uh, furnace, uh, can, if it runs continuously, you mix the heat up. Running ceiling fans will also mix that heat up. What, you, what you're trying to do is get house air back through the furnace to be reheated and stirring that air up that air mass is a big deal but i love those gas inserts now they're a little pricey but if you've got a wood burning fireplace now it's not really wood is very expensive uh and that wood burning fireplaces just don't throw that much heat out a gas insert is like a thirty-five thousand btu little mini furnace that you stick in your fireplace opening and it, it it just, instead of running the big furnace in the house, you run the little one when you're watching TV at night and that kind of thing. But electric heaters as a supplement, they're okay, but they're kind of pricey to operate. But you also want to be careful, especially when you hear stories of people using the gas ranges to try and heat the house. Oh, gosh, yeah. You, you want to definitely avoid that. Yeah, yeah. Especially in these better conditions. Like turn the oven on and try to heat the, yeah, heat the house mean, up. Because oh, with yeah. all the carbon monoxide issues. Yeah. You definitely want to avoid that too. Well, oh yeah, that that I don't think people do that much anymore. Although that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no central heat when I was a little kid. I had, I don't want to talk about. I walked up uh, up uphill both ways to school in my bare feet, but uh, <laughs> that kind of thing. But we did. We had no central heat when we built our first house. So the kitchen stove was kind of our heat source. You're right. In those days, thankfully, are long. Uh, are long uh, gone but now we have carbon monoxide detectors which of course have saved a lot of lives so that's a that's a good thing but electric heater as a supplement on the coldest nights eh, it's okay but keep in mind it's gonna it costs a lot of money to heat with electric that's why heat pumps are such a lousy idea here because um they they because of our cold climate they just don't do a very good job of trying to pull <clears throat> latent heat out of air that's already very cold so Stick with your gas furnace, and after we'll take a news break here in a few minutes. After that, I want to talk about new furnace standards that are going to be shoved down our throats, like most of these regs are. That's a something we haven't discussed here. You know, your friendly congressman that comes around every two years and wants you to vote for him. Like we have Doug Lamborn here, and I know there's an at-large congressman and uh, congress lady, I think, in in Wyoming. And they want your vote, and that's fine. The problem is that Congress does not pass these regs. What they usually they'll pass some kind of a energy bill that says at the very bottom, the executive department shall have the power to promulgate these regulations uh, accordingly and and refine them and publish them and so on. So what happens is the Congress will pass some big overarching bill. We want to save energy, right? So then the administration comes along, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, and starts micromanaging our lives based on the authority of So Congress kind of stands back and so they don't have to take responsibility for the fact that you can't buy the dishwasher you want. It's, it's the permanent bureaucrats that do that, and that's a lousy system. We have a federal register where they publish the regulations, and it's 70,000, 80,000 pages a year of regulations that affect our daily lives. The government is involved uh, too much in, in how we live our lives, and 
I don't think it's going to change, but that's what's going on here. So your congressman that comes around and wants your vote every two years may not even know about new dishwasher rules. But that's the way our government is organized now, and I don't think it's going to change. Uh, but the way things are going right now, the two sides are agreeing to disagree. Exactly. Yeah, we'll see. This is going to be an interesting year. I hope it's. I hope that's the only adjective we get to use. It's interesting. Uh, we don't want it worse than that, right? This year, Oy. it's going to. The politics are going to be kind of crazy. Here's a a quick email from uh, who's this from here? Lori. I have a 1964 house with uh, electric outlets with only two slots. I brought new bought new three prong ones, but is there's no ground wire? What should I do? For most of the outlets in older home, two slot two slots uh, outlets are fine if you're plugging in two slot things like uh, lamps and stereos, cell phone chargers, but anything with a three prong cord like computers, power tools, microwaves, disposal, dishwasher, <clears throat> and those kinds of things, you have to have a ground. But for most of the outlets in your home, Lori, uh, the two two slot outlets are just are just fine if you're going to plug a computer into a given outlet maybe you want your desk to be you know on the wall of your uh, of, of your den or your or your bedroom you gotta find a way to chase a ground wire to a cold water pipe or something to get a ground in that outlet but for the rest of the outlets in that bedroom if you're just plugging in lamps and radios with two prongs you're just fine but i want you to make sure that by the way you have gfi outlets in your uh, garage, bathrooms, kitchen, exterior outlets, even if you don't have that ground wire in your 1964 house wiring system, the GFI outlets will protect you. Just put them in place of the old outlets. But for occasional here and there outlets, uh, like in the kitchen laundry, you got to have the ground wire and the three-pronged outlets. So you'll just have to handle them one at a time. And a good electrician can chase those grounds for you. Just run a wire from a two-prong outlet down to a cold water pipe, and there's your ground wire, and you'll be fine. 719-473-1240. We'll be back with part two of Around the House and talk about crazy new furnace regulations that are coming your way. We'll do a lot more. So great email from this week right after the news right here on Around the House. you with us i was talking to chris's cold snap we have our buddy up there john in uh, wyoming halfway between cheyenne and laramie wondering what his situation is uh, we know the temperature is about zero or so ish up there right we just don't know how much wind poor john has if you're listening we wish you well buddy uh, john's a frequent caller to the program lives out in god's country uh, along south of i-80 as i remember 719 719- Four seven three twelve forty is our contact line. Uh, here's a, a question that comes up uh, more often than you would think. This is from Ray. Uh, bought a new Ray bought a new water heater, and he wants to know if he should wrap a blanket around it. I get I get that question more often than you would think. As I say, and it's it's a good question. Generally speaking, for most folks, the answer is no. The uh, most people have a gas water heater, and 
there's really a not much benefit uh, to wrapping a blanket around a gas water heater that's in a home heated by natural gas. So round and round you go. But if it radiates energy from the tank, uh, the energy stays in the envelope of the house. And plus there's another reason here too that for for the past – I'm trying to think these regulations come come all the time. I forget how old they are. Uh, three or four years now at least – Water heaters have had to have a thicker insulation blanket around the tank. So you'll notice that newer water heaters tend to be a little fatter than older water heaters. So, Ray, I think uh, you would not gain anything because there's already some extra insulation in there. Anyway, now my advice would change in certain conditions. If you are in a manufactured home or sometimes your gas water heater is in an exterior closet, that's by its very nature is colder than the rest of the house yeah a blanket would probably be a pretty good idea and here's the other thing all electric water heaters regardless of location it's a good idea to put a blanket around them because as we just said before we took our news break it costs four four to four and a half times more to uh to provide a btu electrically as it does with natural gas so it's costing you a lot of money to heat water with an electric water heater so i would i like the idea of wrapping all electric water heaters regardless of location with a blanket especially if they're in a crawl space or an unheated part of the garage that kind of thing but uh i you know i I just think that in most cases a gas water heater natural gas water heater uh it's it's okay without uh, having a blanket uh wrapped uh wrapped around it so that would be my best advice now you might say well my water heater is in a closet off the garage well, you, know, you might get a little benefit there because the garage tends to be down a, a lot um, uh, a lot cooler than the rest of the house. My garage, I check it every morning because I just am interested in what's going on. My garage this morning was uh, in the high 40s, 46, 47 degrees. Generally, it's in the 50s or above. So if your water heater opens into the garage, many of you in newer homes, uh, a blanket might be a good idea out there. But generally speaking, for most of us that have a gas water heater uh, in um, uh, in a gas-heated home, I think it's a waste of money. Now, the blankets are available, of course, online or uh, discount stores, Walmart, Home Depot, Home uh, home. Uh, I almost said home base. That's an old store. Home Depot uh, and Lowe's. Uh, remember Home Base? I don't remember that. Home Base had a store, a store here. Yeah, one of the very first home improvement stores. Anyway, uh, you, you can buy in there for I don't know ten or fifteen dollars, something like that. They come with uh, it's a it's a fiberglass blanket that's encapsulated with plastic on both sides. It comes with a roll of duct tape to secure it. You want to make absolutely sure. As you don't block any incoming air vents on your water heater if you use one. But, yeah, all electric water heaters, and in most cases, gas water heater and a gas heated home. Now, don't worry about it. Just a waste of effort and money. 719-473-1240. Don't forget about the podcast here. Uh, we um, appreciate all the uh, enthusiastic downloads of the Around the House podcast. Uh, we have a, uh, archive going back. Oh, I don't know, over 18 months now. If you go to my website, aroundthehouse.com, click on listen to podcasts or the krdo.com slash radio site, uh, you can download and, uh, and listen anytime you would like to the podcasts of Around the House. 
So we'd love it if you'd do that. Chris will have today's show uh, uploaded a couple hours after we go off the air. Right, Chris? Whenever you have time uh, during the hockey game, right? Get that done? Yes. Very good. Uh, let's see here. Anything else going on? What have, i got a couple more emails before we take our uh, our break. Um, the ceilings in my house, says Kelly, <coughs> pardon me, are um, uh, the spray-on acoustic type, uh, a lot of dust. Uh, what should I do to clean them? Um, you can use a furniture brush and a handheld shop vac if you would like, a soft uh, bristled furniture tool um, that comes with most vacuums. Get all the cobwebs and dust motes off there. That will help uh, a little bit. Painting them is a big deal, I think. You need to paint uh, any acoustic ceiling that's looking drab and dingy because it's picked up a lot of dust and pollution from the air. Uh, over time, uh, with electrostatic particles from cooking, if there's smokers in the house, that really uh, gets a, a ceiling looking pretty dingy right away. And just age will get a ceiling looking kind of drab and, and, and just kind of – it just doesn't look clean. So you want to paint those and you want to – I think I've talked about this recently. You want to make sure you hire a professional painter because you don't want to do it yourself. It's, it's too difficult to make sure that it comes out okay. I would hire – professional painter would not roll on paint on an acoustic ceiling have it sprayed it's uh quick and uh, the the most efficient way and least disruptive to your family to have a professional come in there and paint those ceilings i would not scrape them off i would leave them in place we've talked about that uh before so um uh, i wish you luck with that yeah but they just look drab and dingy and sort of dirty over time don't they Seven one nine four seven three twelve forty. Beverly says, I have a terrible ice dam over the garage north side. I've seen a metal heated system where you stall under the shingles along the edge of the roof. Would that be uh, a good idea? A heated metal system, rather, that's, that is built in like a, like a heat tape that goes under the shingles. Um, you know, that sounds like overkill. I think if it's just one isolated area, then just get a little heat cable. This is... The heat cable, modern heat cable, is computer-controlled now. It's not terribly expensive. You just zigzag it on the roof where the ice dam uh, forms. Uh, and the, there's a little built-in computer that comes on, I believe, below 37 Fahrenheit. So that heat cable will just be there when you need it. You can leave it up year-round, leave it plugged in. Uh, but that way, uh, it'll just discourage that ice dam formation. The thing about ice dams is they tend to build up over time. as If it snows... And then get a freeze thaw, and you get a little ice there, and then a little more snow, and the ice layers build up uh, over time. And don't go away on the north side because there's no sun back there. So and you'll have to, uh, if the heat cable's there to get ahead of the game, that any accumulating snow gets melted right away. That would be enough. But if just a little isolated area, buy yourself a roll of heat cable and, and install it in a zigzag pattern. Uh, above the gutters, you can also lay the heat cable in gutters if you want to. You can drop it down a downspout that freezes up. Many people have a a front stoop where the you get overflow of the gutters because the downspout freezes and you get a big skating rink there by your front door. You can drop a heat cable right down through that downspout, leave it plugged in, and that'll never freeze up again. So uh, you might have to uh, do some extraordinary uh, measures to thaw the existing ice out of it. You might need to get a, uh, you know, a little blowtorch or, 
or some uh, some hot water or something to break up that ice. But once the downspout is open, drop the heat cable down through there and your troubles will be over. 719-473-1240. Time for a break. We'd love to hear from you today if you want to check in. We have live email at aroundthehouse.com. And uh, check in with us right after the break right here on Around the House. How's the plumbing situation at your house? You know, you dread calling a plumber because, you know, they're going to overcharge you. It's hard to figure out if they're selling you stuff you don't need. Well, I've got a company you should call, Three Amigos Plumbing, a fun name for a very professional plumbing company. Veteran-owned local company, uh, local guys. They're just great guys. I've had uh, I've had them on the air here uh, on the program. Uh, if, whether you need a new water heater or just have a drippy faucet, your toilet's leaking, no job is too small for Three Amigos Plumbing, but the point is honest, upfront pricing, no sticker shock when you get the bill because they want you as a long-term customer and they want you to refer them to your friends and family, Three Amigos. So call them at 719-597-6763. If you have an older sewer line, it's good to get a TV camera run through there and they'll do that for free if you have them clean the line. Usually older houses, you need to clean out the roots. Three Amigos Plumbing. Give them a call, 597-6763. Things break around the house. That's why there's the Around the House program with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back to the program. It's 20 minutes after 20 minutes after uh, the hour. Chris just sent me. Chris is really good about forwarding links during the program. And he found a, a link about water heaters, new government regulations on water heaters, which were promulgated by the DOE last year. July, and I, I scanned the article, and it's a, a DOA uh, a, a website and uh, release. Uh, they, they, they talk about, um, uh, let's see here, electric water heaters, uh, and uh, they, want, oh, they want gas water heaters to be condensing versions, which are like condensing furnaces I'll talk about in a minute. Electric resistance water heaters, uh, they want to put heat pumps on them. It'll save consumers $1,868 on average over the life of the, the appliance of the water heater, uh, blah, blah, blah. But they, I've scanned the whole article and how much it'll, how many metric tons of carbon it will save and all this nonsense, but not one word about what it's going to cost to buy the new water heater and put it in and these high-tech water heaters and furnaces are terribly expensive. The government talks about how much we're going to save over the life of the water heater, but not, you know, I've talked hundreds of times, I'll, I'll bet by now, on my show, if if you're going to spend money to save energy, you got to do the arithmetic. That means how long is it going to take you to recover the extra cost of what it costs to put in. I'll give you an example. The most obvious one are tankless water heaters. Tankless water heaters cost about three times more than regular water heaters. And although they do save energy a little bit at a time, it'll take 15 years or so before you break even and start saving a net dollar amount on your energy bill. And the same with with new furnaces. I'll give you an example here. This is, uh, where did I get this? Uh, from this is, I guess, from the Steve Moore uh, Committee to Unleash Prosperity website. Natural gas industry is challenging the Biden administration over its regulations targeting gas-powered furnaces. Here we go again. The AGA, American Gas Association, 
whose members provide gas to more than 74 million customers nationwide. Uh, manufacturer trade associations filed a legal challenge against the DOE over the regulations. They are set to go into effect on 2028, requiring furnaces to achieve an annual fuel utilization efficiency of 95%, meaning manufacturers would only be allowed to sell furnaces that convert at least 95% of fuel into heat within within six years. That's the six years from now. The current standard is is 80%, so we all know about the 80%. It used to be in the uh, before the energy codes kicked in in the early 90s, furnaces were 40, 50, 60% efficient. So we've come a long way, baby, if you uh, if you'll mind my using a little slang there. The regulation effectively bans the sale of a large number of gas furnaces that consumers actually want. AGA said the DOA needs a solutions-oriented approach to energy conservation that protects consumers and ensures continued availability of low-cost, low-emission natural gas furnaces. According to AGA President and CEO Karen Harbert, um, its 114 pages of comments have been ignored by DOE. The regulations impact 55% of American households, households rather, would lead to higher costs for 30% of senior households 20% of small businesses, 26% of low-income people. So the bottom line is they want 95% furnaces or condensing-type furnaces, and they, they work okay. They're very finicky, by the way. They're touchy in terms of maintenance. You, uh, they uh, require uh, more maintenance by heating contractors than more traditional furnaces, the 80%ers we have now. But the big point is they're quite a bit more expensive. Question? Is, is here's the arithmetic again if you're going from an 80 to a 95 that 15 percent. if you multiply that times your natural gas bill how many years will it take you to recover that cost because until you've recovered that extra cost you're not saving anything and in most cases going to a 95 percent furnace will take about 10 years plus for the average homeowner and if you're only going to be in your house five or six years because you're in a career where you move around you get or your military family why why would you buy a, a super expensive furnace so somebody else can reap the benefits okay that doesn't so so the the, the bottom line here is consumer choice if you want a 95 go buy one who's stopping you but to require a one-size-fits-all just it just makes me I would tear my hair out of, but I don't have a lot of extra to tear out, Chris, so I'm not going to do that. But you just roll your eyes at these people that uh, <clears throat> there's nothing more silly than people making regulations that don't impact them in terms of their own pocketbooks. Well, I mean, that's the problem with the extra sticker shock in advance. Pay for it now, and you're praying that you'll be able to save later on, but there's no guarantees on that. That's exactly right. The example I've used several times on the program is worth doing again. If you drive by the south gate of the Air Force Academy, you'll see a big solar array there. I've seen it many times, I'm sure. That costs $20 bucks in round numbers, okay? It saves the Air Force Academy uh, roughly a million dollars a year in their power bill. So far, so good, right? The problem is, after 20 years, when the thing breaks even and they start to save money, you got to replace the solar panels because that's about as long as the solar panels uh, last. So there's 
false economy that's just virtue signaling. Look at us. We put solar panels here at the Air Force Academy. But from the taxpayer's standpoint, the people that actually pay the bills, it's a lousy deal. And I've said before that the people that made that decision, they wouldn't do it at their own houses, but they'll foist it off on the taxpayers so they can pat themselves on the back. And it's just, you just keep rolling your eyes. It, it comes down to physics and thermodynamics and arithmetic uh, when you consider all this stuff. And um, But asking for somebody like a senior to pay for one of these newer, efficient furnaces and stuff like that when you're talking about when they unfortunately might not live that long yeah, or, or the full benefit of that furnace. Yeah, and that's why I talk about new windows from my buddies over there at Dutchess Home Improvement, new insulation. The return on investment uh, for insulation, new windows, is a is cool because it's relatively short. Insulation uh, is is the return is is a very quick two or three year return when you upgrade the insulation in your attic. And now you're talking after two or three years, I really am saving money. But to buy a new condensing furnace that might take ten or twelve years, or a tankless water heater that might take fifteen years, what's the what's the point, right? So you get where I'm going with this. The arithmetic is fairly simple. You just have to apply the percentage to your natural gas bill, and that's what you're saving. So. Anyhow, I, I, you know, I'm preaching uh, to the choir here, I suppose. Uh, but uh, again, saving energy, spending money to save energy. Now, some of you, God love you, are just here because you want to save the planet. And I'm making air quotes with my little fingers here. And if you're into saving the planet, uh, knock yourself out. To me, I want to see how it affects my household budget. And if you were, especially this age this time when there's all this inflation around you're having a hard time with your food and and gasoline and a utility bill saving the planet wouldn't be a high thing uh, you just want to spend money in a, a judicious kind of logical way to save your household budget but to spend money on a on a furnace that might take 10 or 15 years to pay back doesn't seem to me to be a good investment for the average family or and you know or, or me either so there you are 719-473-1240 let's see what we got here this is from um uh who is this from andy one of my baths water always appears under the caulking around the tub after a shower but not a bath um uh, the ceiling below the bathroom's dry. What do you think's going on? You better get on top of this, I think, Andy. Water always takes the least resistive path. In this case, out from under the edge of your tub, it sounds like. Uh, and it disappears. Uh, eventually gets under the linoleum or whatever you have for floor coverings in your bathroom. Gets into the flooring. Um, you just got to get on top of this. Usually shower leaks like this... Um, uh, it, 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 you say after a shower, not a bath. Usually, it's the shower head that does the leaking. So you want to unscrew the shower head. Uh, it should have a piece of angled pipe coming out of the wall, and then the head is attached to that pipe. Unscrew that whole thing, and put some new Teflon tape around the threads, uh, and and uh, and then screw it back nice, nice and tight, and uh, and see if that does. I bet that'll do the trick. That's usually the case. If it doesn't, if you still have water leaking, you may have to pop a few tiles off 
to see what's going on. And maybe the faucet that's leaking, which is a little more uh, a little more daunting, uh, but not in a terrible way because um, if the plumber, like my buddies over there at Three Amigos, they have to come in and put a new shower faucet in there, they can use what they call a goofering, which is a, a way to cut a big hole, a bigger hole in the in the tile uh, and and put a new plumb in a new faucet. And then this chrome escutcheon or chrome ring will cover up the bigger hole and so it won't show. And that's that's pretty easy for a good plumbing company to do. But get on top of this before the water leaks into the flooring, under your ba- bathroom tile, and then it's going to be a terrible thing to fix. 719-473-1240. We'll be back right after this. Right here on Around the House. Give us a call. We'll be right back. I want to talk to you about Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. Wayne Dalton's the most famous name in garage doors. And right now, the Wayne Dalton people are having a sale on insulated doors. You need an insulated door in your garage to save energy to warm up your home. 150 off a double, 75 off a single when you mention around the house. I want you to stop by the Wayne Dalton showroom. It's at 1847 South Murray, right off of Fountain. And you'll see these lovely garage doors, wood grain, impression plank doors, and contemporary and traditional styles. They're also a gold dealer for Genie Openers. Genie has that door side opener to eliminate all that ugly hardware for your garage door opener. Very quiet. Also, Genie's the most famous name in garage door openers, and you can check out those at the Wayne Dalton Sales and Service Showroom, 1847 South Murray. Garage doors don't have to look boring. Stop by and see what I mean. Uh, give them a call, 719-382-9227. Remember the sale, 150 off a double, 75 off a single at Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. Fix-It videos can be so confusing. Let Ken Moon walk you through it on Around the House. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Ah, the Doobie Brothers. That's, that's a good group. Really good group. I don't know if they're still touring or not, but they were... They were something back, what, in the 80s, Chris, I guess? Yeah, that's their their peak, kind of. 24 minutes before the hour now. So much for the warmest year on record. Stop. We're going to hear that again this year, I'm sure. We were just looking at the forecast map here for the Great Plains, you know, in the minus 30s, uh, minus 20s, all over the Dakotas and Wyoming, Montana. My son is in near Sioux City, Iowa. He said tomorrow, Sunday, the high minus 10, uh, and... Um, we talked about this about an hour ago, and uh, Chris has relatives in Omaha and below zero. So, well, you know, it's just another cold winter. Forget global warming. We're just, it's cold in the winter and hot in the summer, uh, and it's so ever shall be so, right? Right. Yeah. Polar vortex tells us it's polar, definitely global warming this time. Yeah. And we're, it will be out of this in two or three days, but it's just a reminder that we uh, have no control over the climate. It controls us, but. Thankfully, because of technology and natural gas and insulation, we can stay, you know, there, there, I had a, what if I brought that with me? Deaths from climate are at an all-time low, like going back 100 years. What did I do with that? I'll have to maybe bring that next uh, next week. But climate, you know, climate, uh, man, men and women, uh, human beings are very delicate creatures. We don't have a lot of fur covering us and we can't hunker down and hibernate like the bears, so we're very vulnerable to climate. And for you know, for for thousands of years, we were subject to hot spells and mostly cold spells where people die. 
but to control our own interior climate is such a big deal. Can you imagine if people came back here from 300 years ago? You mean you can walk up to a little dial on the wall and warm the house up? Didn't don't have to go out in a in a uh, you know snow up to your belly button and get wood for the fireplace and the wood stove. You know, think about how far we've come. And the green weenies want to take us down, the, go backwards, and that's kind of sad. Here's another example. Um, for EVs, disasters come in threes. This is an interesting article at the Steve Moore website. Thursday was not a good day for electric vehicles. Uh, the Global Automotive Consumer Study found that, this is from, uh, let's see, consumer interest in internal combustion engines, Vehicles is rebounding in some markets surveyed as affordability concerns continue to weigh heavily on forward intentions. In other words, people want to go back to gas engines. Specifically in the U.S., 67% of consumers said they prefer an internal combustion engine in their next vehicle purchase, up from 58% last year. Just 6% uh, prefer EVs and 21% prefer hybrids. I'm, I'm kind of a hybrid fan but this is a big deal here uh hertz the largest car rental company announced it was it's holding a fire sale of twenty thousand evs that rental drivers just don't want to rent the company took a 245 million dollar loss on the evs the elevated costs associated with evs persisted said the ceo of of hertz efforts to wrestle it down proved to be more challenging so you know, like I said, the dogs, here's, but here, here's the hat trick for electric vehicles, by the way. Um, in um, An electric double-decker bus burst into flames in London, causing rush hour chaos. And what the Daily Mail called an inferno, it took three fire engines to put out the blaze. I'm surprised they could put it out. There you have it, folks, the cars and trucks of the future, which nobody wants. You know, the, the, remember the old thing about the dogs? What's going on here? Is it our marketing? No, sir. The dogs don't like the food. Okay, so we can push EVs all we want. People don't want them. Uh, end of discussion. Uh, and um, maybe you know, maybe the government will will back off. But you know, I wouldn't bet money on it. I guess uh, I just one one of the things I resent is to having to pay uh, higher taxes. Uh, so that people that buy EVs can get a $7,500 rebate. Uh, don't like that. Uh, if you want to buy an electric car, knock yourself out. But don't want, you know, why Why should I have to pay for uh, your whim, what you want? Uh, you know, uh, you know. listen, uh, if you want to choose an electric vehicle, go for it. Just leave me out of the equation, I guess. Here's a, We had a water leak question a few minutes ago. This is from Sonia. Let's see here. I have some water on the floor of my kitchen sink cabinet. This is interesting. On my kitchen sink cabinet, the floor under the cabinet. I can't figure out where it's coming from. There are no obvious leaks in the plumbing. Can you help? I think I can help. If you have a, I'll bet you have a, Sonia, I'll bet you have a spray hose. They almost always dribble a little water out of the nozzle when you put it back in the hole. That's very, very common. The water travels down the hose and forms a, a drop at the bottom of the loop. Inevitably, inevitably, it lands on the floor of the cabinet. I'll bet it when you're rinsing off a big bunch of dishes to put them in the dishwasher or you're just cleaning up from a big dinner or something. I bet there's more water under there. Um, and you'll see more of a, you know, maybe a couple tablespoons under there or even more like a puddle. Uh, so that's pretty common. 
there's not a lot you can do about it, but you can uh, take uh, preventative measures to protect the cabinet itself by putting a, a layer of plastic down there. I'm, I'm a big fan. I have it in my house. You can go to a, a tile store and ask them, probably they'll probably just give it to you, but a piece of vinyl flooring, a piece of linoleum, if we used to call it in the old days, that you can cut to fit on the on the floor of that kitchen uh, cabinet, you know, underneath the kitchen sink. And then if water dribbles on there, maybe you're a little bit from the disposal of the dishwasher, drain, burbles, a little whatever, it doesn't matter, it'll sit down there and evaporate. So you just do a protective thing to protect that floor. But that's probably what's going on. It's very, very common. It doesn't seem like it's coming from any specific place because it's dribbling down that hose. I, I hear that uh, a lot. Okay. What, what if there's a, is there a certain age limit on how long those hoses work on, on the sink? Well, that's a good question, Chris. Sometimes when you, you know, a lot of them have a trigger on them, right? You know that. And when you push that trigger, you'll get a dribble down the hose itself, maybe into your, you know, yeah, sometimes the sleeve of your. Stucks. Yeah, yeah, sometimes they, and, stuck they dribble too. and they, they wear out. So you can, in many cases, just unscrew that head and go get a new head if you can find one that's compatible or uh, you you, you got to get a, somebody to like a plumber to crawl under there and unscrew the hose itself and just get a new one. Yeah, that's um, that that's uh, can be very common and they just wear out. There's a little spring inside there, but sometimes you can just get a new head. If you know the brand of your kitchen faucet, many people, you know, there's a little stamp on there with the price fist or whatever the. The brand is you can get a new one. Yeah, that's that's pretty easy to do. 719-473-1240. Let's take a, a quick break here. I'm going to get reorganized on this email, and we'll be back with your phone calls and email right after this, right here on Around the House. Well, when it's this cold, we always think about energy and saving energy dollars, natural gas in most cases. One way to do that is to get new windows at your house. If your windows are old, uh, you know, when, uh, the life of windows, you know, after 15, 20 years, it's time to replace them with some new energy-efficient vinyl windows from Dutch's Home Improvement. They carry the best brands in town, great pricing. You get to pick from a whole menu of what uh, what features you want on your new energy-efficient vinyl windows. But the point is, you'll be saving energy summer and winter when you call Dutch's. They carry siding and patio covers and exterior doors they can spiff up the outside of your house if you want to stay put because of the crazy interest rate situation maybe you want to stick around just to give your house a facelift new siding and windows from dutch's home improvement been around over 30 years now they have a great commitment to customer service folks you can trust dutcheshomeimprovement.com or 719-392-1369 392-1369 for dutch's Got a problem at your house? Ken Moon is here to help. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. I hope you have an electronic uh, setback thermostat at your house. When it's really cold like this, it can really that can really save you money. I've seen estimates up to 5% on your heating bill because it remembers to turn the furnace down when you are all tucked in in your bed and you don't want to get up to turn the thermostat down. Uh, I, I recommend it highly to have a, an automatic thermostat at your house. I have a Honeywell I really like. I, I should remember the not model number, but I, it escapes me right now. But it has a green screen on it. The screen lights up when you poke it with your finger. And I can pick a program for all seven days of the week, both for air conditioning and heating, 
So on certain days, I get up earlier than other days because I have uh, church stuff I do. And so it starts the heat a little, or turns up the heat a little earlier than normal, that kind of thing. I set mine back about six degrees or so um, uh, each night. Uh, or, or is it six or seven? I think six degrees. I go from 71 down to 65 at night, all night long. And uh, it's it's it does save energy. And I hope you have one. Uh, at your house and you know manual thermostats are fine but you never remember on a timely basis to turn them up and down and a a programmable electronic setback thermostat is just what you need and i cost wise you can buy a nice one and i think the honeywell that i bought is was maybe 75 dollars 80 dollars something like that it's been several years now but i really like my honeywell thermostat and it has an automatic function that is uh it in certain times of the year like you know in the uh, May, June time frame when sometimes you want to cool during the day. Maybe you want to do a little heating at night because it gets cold at night as we go from spring to summer. It has an automatic setting, so it goes from air conditioning to furnace all by itself. So I really like my Honeywell setback thermostat. If you want to email me, I can tell you the model number. Here's an email from uh, timely that I want to make sure I cover here. This is from Mike. Wondering what effect there might be if I were to add a vent from the heat ducts in the basement into my garage. And, um, uh, you know, when you think about it logically, it makes sense, except it's against the law. <laughs> you don't want to do this. It's uh, not only against the, the mechanical code and the fire code, but it's really against common sense. From time to time, your garage can contain things in the air that you don't want in your house, like carbon monoxide is the big one, of course. Other odors, gasoline, paint, insecticides, all that you don't want in the house for obvious reasons. Uh, How would it get inside if it was just a heat duct? Well, sometimes there can be pressure changes in the house compared to the outside. There can be a, a negative pressure inside the house, so the house wants to suck a little air in. When you run the clothes dryer, fireplace, bath fans, kitchen fan, you exhaust air outdoors, that air needs to be replaced. And sometimes that creates a negative pressure in the house. And if you've run a heat duct into your garage, uh, maybe that air will be made up through the, uh, in from, the, from the garage into the house. Um, that's you know, fairly rare. I'm not saying it's, it's a common thing. But you don't want to take that chance, and it, it, it really is against the, all the building codes to have the heat system in your house mixed in with the, uh, with the atmosphere or the air uh, mass in your garage. So don't do that. And I've seen many houses, uh, this was very common to do in the 50s, and you'll, I'll go into houses even to this day where there's a, maybe a one or two heat vents uh, on that common wall from the house to the garage, and I just wave my arms and tell people you really need uh, to um, to seal those up with a piece of galvanized sheet metal or some sheetrock or something. It is against all the building codes and against common common sense. Oh, we yeah, Chris reminded me that we were going to talk here about uh, remodeling and redecorating project for the new year. A lot of you uh, getting a tax refund, perhaps, or you, you make a New Year's resolution that we're going to um, put a new deck on or finish the basement or whatever. How do you get started on those projects? That's a, that's a great, uh, that's a great question. And uh, it depends on the, on your skill set. 
many people have the ability to sketch uh, a finished basement that they can share with a contractor that comes along or and with the city to get a building permit but you can find uh in in uh, i was going to say yellow pages but you can find on, no more yellow pages you can find in a, in a on a google or a just in a general internet search architectural draftsman for for these small projects like like a deck like finishing the basement or remodeling redecorating of course is another category but if you want to construct something architectural draftsmen are the way to go they're not architects they don't charge what architects charge and they're very good at sketching your ideas uh both in blueprint form that a contractor could bid from and uh for the building department to use in issuing a building permit so look for architectural draftsmen in all cases from from hiring a draftsman to hiring people to put in the carpet when the job is done, you want to make sure that you are dealing with reliable people. Now, I've got some good sponsors here that you've heard me talk about, and that's fine. Um, if you want to run a name or two by me via email at aroundthehouse.com, I can help you check out. I can give you some names. The point is you you want to get personal referrals ratings online google ratings yelp and other rating services i know angie can you get angie listings uh do you have to join do you have to join to get their uh their ratings i don't remember i'm not sure on that yeah anyway but there are all kinds of resources online to get the ratings of contractors and that's okay as far as it goes but the referrals that i want and you should want are personal homeowner referrals from people just like yourself who've had the job done by this contractor and are happy or not happy or sort of happy you need to kind of get a feel for how they're going to do especially when it comes to money and of course we don't want to uh we, we, that's a kind of a whole other category i'm not a big believer in providing money up front uh to a contractor for a couple of reasons first of all you don't know uh if they're going to use your money to pay for the last job that they um didn't do their estimating properly and so they're behind the eight ball or for to make up for next year next week's payroll they might use your money a little seed capital when they are putting material on site maybe you're going to finish your basement and you know they they want to get a load of two by fours dumped in your driveway well you can pay them for that and a little overhead and profit as they go um and and that's but it's a pay-as-you-go kind of thing don't give a lot of money up front to a contractor uh, unless you're very familiar with them and, and have a, as I say, a personal referral, but that's kind of the deal as far as re- remodeling and redecorating. That's we, we were covering finishing basements or adding a deck, but remodeling, redecorating is another category, and you can go to places like Floorcraft, Lowe's, Home Depot uh, to get a package deal. I've got names for you if you want to email me of of people that I like that can do the whole schmear, like the floor covering tile carpet and paint those kinds of people you can usually or if you know of an interior decorator that might you might know personally or friend of a friend kind of idea they can usually put a package deal together but there's little there's usually less jeopardy in remodeling and redecorating first of all there's no requirement for building permits and uh so that is one hump bump in the road you don't have to go over and um uh, and usually it's a matter of of not having a lot of seed capital to provide. It's just a pay-as-you-go kind of idea. And usually the job's over a lot uh, more quickly. But I can't overemphasize making sure that you get personal referrals 
from fellow homeowners and any contractor uh, that uh, would is not willing to give you the name of the last two or three homeowners they did work for, I would probably go on to somebody else because they're not proud of the of the work they did. Better Business Bureau, I have a mixed feels feeling about the Better Business Bureau. I, I you know, I I just I'd rather not um, go there. Um, if you want to rely on them, that's fine. But uh, I haven't found their recommendations to be the the kind that I like, which are those homeowner referrals. Uh, the BBB does okay work, but um, I like to go other places like regular citizen folks, homeowners uh, like yourself uh, that can give a good referral to a to a contractor. So Yeah, you just got to be careful of those contractor scams. Oh, yeah. We hear, we hear all the time. Oh, I know. They're everywhere. And you, you just, but it comes down to usually money, no money up front. BBB, if you want to go there, that's fine. But I would use other resources. And I like the one to one personal uh, resources and referrals you can get from homeowners just like yourself. That's it for the program. Chris Moyer, thank you for your help in the control room today. As always, I hope you stay warm. Have a great week. God bless. We'll see you next time. During the week, if you want to email me, aroundthehouse.com. We'll see you next time right here on Around the House.